Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. This morning, uh, I have a, a short message, and then we're going to we're going to finish up with our giving. And I've got a little short film I'd like to show you when that happens, which I think will tie everything about this message in this morning up together. So thankful that um, you know the worship team that Pauline is. You know, I, I see ah oh, stir a passion. That song fits in exactly with my message this morning. <laughs> It wasn't even engineered that way. It just seemed to work out. So the message, we're still talking about the parables of Jesus. And the message this morning is called a little leaving, a wee bit of leaving, leaving. So it's all going to become clear because I don't know if many people even know what the word leaven or leaving means. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it the right way. Maybe I'll stick with leaven. There we go. So we just sang a song this morning called Stir a Passion. I'm really glad it just fits in with the words of the message this morning. And we're in Luke chapter 13. Do you have your Bibles with you? Do you have a digital Bible? We're in Luke chapter 13. And we're looking, we're looking at one of the shortest parables in the Bible. In fact, when I looked at it, I thought, how are you even going to get a 10-minute message out of that? Of course, how wrong you are. You know, you, you sometimes can look at one scripture in God's word and you can last on that. You can, that can last you for weeks, can't it? So it's the parable of leaven. And I'm thinking, okay, so how does this song stir a passion? How does that relate with the message this morning? And I think about the line, stir a passion in my heart, Lord, let it overflow. I think there's three key elements in that line of the song that are really important. The first one is stir, okay? The second one is passion. And the third one is heart. Stir, passion, and heart. Step one is the stirring. I couldn't think of a better illustration than the layers in a flavored latte. Is there anyone enjoys flavored lattes here this morning? Some baristas, they just love to prepare you a latte. And it just, it comes to the table. You know what it's like. You see the layers, don't you? You see, you know, you see the, you see the syrup at the bottom. Then you see, the, you see the, the milk. And then you see the coffee on the top all sitting on top of one another. Looks amazing. But if you started to drink that latte without stirring it, without stirring it first, you'd, first of all, you'd get a very powerful, bitter taste of coffee. All right? After that bitter hit of coffee, you'd get to the hot, velvety milk. But it's just hot milk. And hot milk was pretty bland. So you'd have this bitterness, then you'd have this blandness. And finally, you'd get this sickly sweet syrup, sugary syrup, which is always at the bottom. And I bet you the whole experience would be rather unpleasant if you drank your latte the way it came. 
So thank, thankfully, Costa give you a spoon. They give you a spoon. So you've got to use a spoon to stir your latte. Amen? The drink only becomes what it should be when it's all blended together by stirring it. So what do you do with that spoon? You agitate what's in the glass. You agitate with the spoon, and then the sweetness of the syrup and the bitterness of the coffee or the robusta is better, a better word, the robustness of the coffee and the blandness of the milk all combine together to give you something that you can enjoy the way it was intended to be. Isn't that good? So you can enjoy, you can enjoy your latte. If there's anyone here that doesn't stir their latte beforehand, we'll pray for you afterwards. <laughs> so the second key element, our hearts. Think about st- st- stirring our hearts. Think about God stirring our hearts. Oh, did, I, did you put my wee coffee cup up there? I think you did. God stirs our hearts. It disturbs the normality. It begins to agitate what's inside us. Begins to, it begins to rouse something up. Begins to rouse the emotions and the desires of our hearts by agitating what's in our hearts. And I think we're all familiar with that term, stir, because we've all probably either be, been the stirred or the stirrer. Is there any stirrers in here this morning? <laughs> see, that, see her, she's a wee stirrer. So we, at some point in time, we've all been stirred, or we've been the stirrer, haven't we? But here, here we are this morning, we're singing, we're crying out to God, and uh, we're saying, stir our hearts, stir a passion in our hearts. And if we think about this stirring, then the only reason I can think of for his doing this is to lead on to something, some sort of overflow or action or reaction in our hearts. Could it be that what God wants in our hearts, the ingredients of our hearts, if you like, to react with something that he's got for, for us, for the here and the now and for the future? And he puts his spoon into our hearts if we'll let him, and he begins to stir things up. And over the, the, the weeks that you've been here, if you've only been here for weeks, or over the years that you've been here, God's put all sorts of things in your heart. And maybe this, maybe this morning they're going to be roused up. And maybe this morning something different is going to happen in your heart. God's got us, God wants to blend things together and maybe add something to your life this morning, to your heart that's going to cause you to have a different future. God's got a spark for us today, literally speaking. And I, th- I love thinking about, you know, um, when the prophet called down fire from heaven onto the, all of these wet logs and it completely burnt them up, didn't it? How much easier is it for God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to, to set a spark to something that's dry and something that's tinder dry? How much easier would that be? How much easier would that come into flame? Amen? And so this morning, I, I'm here to be 
I'm here to hopefully minister to more than you and minister to the Lord, but I'm ministering to myself too because I've kind of been through a dry spell recently. You know, anyone been through a dry spell? And so maybe there's someone here that feels like that too. But the drier that, we, that we've been, the thirstier we should also be. And I know that once I've become, once I feel dry, <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking forward to the day when this turns around and I can quench my thirst. I want to quench my thirst and let the, let the dry bones live again. Do you know that happened in the Word? You read the, God's Word, it happened in His Word. The dry bones lived again at His Word by His power, by a confession. Dryness and barrenness were totally reversed in the name of Jesus. So this, this morning, this morning, resurrection is coming. And a reaction is coming. And God is going to produce a reaction in your lives today. And so I'm, I, that is my prayer of faith this morning. You might feel like a heavy lump of dough this morning. A heavy lump of dough. Some of us are bakers and all of that. We all know the, the dough, the doughy, heavy lump of dough. But a lightness is going to rise up. A lightness is going to rise up. And something I believe is ready to begin spreading through our lives again as Christians. Something I believe is getting ready to spread through Christianity again. And through church again. And I don't quite have the, the knowledge or the, the, a concept of what that might be. But I do know that God is going to do it. And he's going to do it soon. Because people in this world are ready to unleash the, the e a lot of evil. And as, the, as, time, as times get darker, we have to be brighter. And so we have to understand that, that something is going to have to change. And so something this today, I believe, is going to be very deep and very inward is going to happen today. This, this, you know, this parable, when I was, you know, looking through all the parables in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this parable is mentioned a couple of times, but when you, you know, I'm going to study, this is quite an, it's not often mentioned. People like to do the, the, the big ones, the prodigal son and, and the, the, the wheat and the tares and the sower, and Francis brought us a couple of the pearl of great price, which was awesome. And then here's the parable of the leaven, two verses, and not many people commenting much on them. So, I think this morning, let's be reminded of this message in this parable. Can you go to Luke chapter 13, verse 20? And it says there, and again, he said, Jesus said, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It's like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until it was all leavened. Does anyone understand the, the jargon? In easy easier to understand terms, we're talking about yeast and flour. Okay, we're talking about yeast and we're talking about flour. In fact, I think it's the NIV version actually does say yeast and flour. Now, there's two ways we can interpret this parable, I, I believe. This is what occurred to me. And they're totally opposing one another. 
But first of all, let's look at this in some context. Because in other places in God's Word where it talks about the leaven, it talks about it, it has a very negative connotation. Okay? So, according to, to my concordance, leaven is generally a symbol of the spreading nature of evil. All right? So, leaven is a spreading, something that spreads. It's very slow. It's very quiet. You don't see it working. You don't hear it working. Amen? That's how it spreads. And the enemy works in the same way, doesn't he? False doctrine, falsehoods, all of these things are intended, they're very secret, and they're intended to spread very secretly at first, very quietly, but they begin to eventually seep in and spread throughout the church. And what do they do to the church? They putrefy. It putrefies the church, not purify. Okay? It putrefies the church because if you know what yeast does, yeast ferments, doesn't it? That's what it does. And the Bible tells us to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. So what I'm explaining to you now is in context, this is the negative connotation for leaven. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Do we know what the Pharisees were all about? So I believe that when it says beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, it's telling us to beware of this hostile unbelief. You know, unbelief is going to come into the church. And it's going to try, it's going to try and like dig its heels in and say, no, this is the way it is. You change to accommodate this unfounded doctrine or belief. We've got to stand on God's word alone. Amen. So it comes in the Pharisees, spiritual hypocrisy, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. So look, it looks like God. It sounds like God. It smells like God. All my senses tell me it is God, but it denies the very power of God. And so what did Jesus do when he was with them? They tested him and they said, ah, oh, here we go. Here's this guy, Jesus. But he's doing all of this as an agent of a demon. It's demonic what he's doing. Now, how, how much hypocrisy can you have? when they themselves thought that when things were done, they only had to be done their way. It's, it's our way. This is the way we do it. This is the thing I want us to understand. Things are going to happen in this church that you might not be comfortable with. I see that coming. The, the Holy Spirit is orderly. But if our, if, if you, the reason why you won't be comfortable with it may be because there's a little leaven in your life, a little leaven in my life. And it's, it's a spiritual pride and hypocrisy that's resisting a move of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, but it's this whole working of the dough that's important. So, we're talking about stirring, we're talking about working the dough. Now we're moving on to the positive connotation, which is what I believe this parable is intended to communicate to us. 
So this, you've got a lump of dough, sourdough, and what does the, the baker do? He kneads it and he works it, and he takes a small lump of fermented leaven or dough with the yeast in it, and he starts to work that into the greater lump, okay? What happens after a while is that it begins to raise that lump of dough into delicious bread. Amen? Delicious bread. So let's read the scripture again. And he said, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It's like leaven. And a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. All that means is she's taken this leaven and she's put it into three different um, batches of flour or dough, okay? So Jesus is saying, what shall I liken the kingdom of God to? And he's using bread, leaven. Where is God's kingdom on this earth right now? In our hearts. It's a spiritual kingdom. God's kingdom will be a physical kingdom when Jesus rules and reigns again. We will be, it will be a physical, but right now the, the kingdom of God is in, the, we are the kingdom of God. We carry the kingdom of God in our hearts. Isn't that right? Amen. So the kingdom of God had small beginnings, didn't it? Jesus and just a few men. Some of them just artisans, tradesmen, fishermen. Had very small beginnings. In fact, you could say that the kingdom of God had... Now, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about God's universe. That is... He is the I am. Always has been, always, always will be. Talking about Christ coming to earth. The kingdom of God was like, in, in the grand scheme of things, it was microscopic. Just like yeast. Yeah? I mean, how many millions of people lived on the earth at that time? And here is Jesus and a few followers. So it was like microscopic. They were a microscopic entity. But given the time... The, the effects of the yeast begin to spread through the dough. Amen? Begins to spread. Those small beginnings begin to gather momentum. What is in Zechariah, it says, do not despise uh, small beginnings. Do, do not despise a day of small beginnings. Why, why, why do we not despise small beginnings? We sometimes think, it's too small, it's too insignificant, and it's, you know what? But the, the verse says, God rejoices to see the work begin. Yes. It's always going to start small. Yes. And in 1987, this church was in a living room. It's always going to start small. Whatever God's going to do in your life is going to start small. And when we go for the mega first, and there's nothing wrong with mega, there's nothing wrong with a big vision, but we do, it in, we, do, we do it as God leads us to do. And very often things start small and they begin to build up. Just like the way we were born again and we had a seed of faith and everything begins to grow from something that is small. Isaiah 60, a little one shall become a thousand and a strong one will become a strong nation. You might be small, you might feel small now, but you're going to be incredibly strong. You're strong. You're sitting here and there's strength in you. There's strength to raise your family. 
There's strength to raise your son and your daughter. There's strength. There's strength. Christ has strength for you. He has strength for you to make you a person of influence. And not, you know, most of the time, I think people psychologically, we don't, no one notices me. No one recognizes me. No one affirms me. God is going to change that. And it's not for, the, not for pride's sake, but it's because he's going to put you in the, in the path of someone's life and they will notice you because you've been placed there for a purpose. Amen. So the yeast works from the inside out. You know, these men that followed Jesus, everything happened from the inside out, you know. It took a while. The dough begins to rise inside. I think it's a chemical reaction that takes place. The dough begins to rise. Our hearts are changed first. And eventually, there's an evidence of the inner work becomes visible on the outside. And that's why I believe, do you know what? And not just, you know, I'd love everyone to come to church dead happy. (laughs) But you know what? People, you come as you are. But I want to encourage you, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and, and when you go out of church, remember, you know, I think it was, I don't know when it was, I think I said something about keeping things simple. There's more joy in the simplicity of life. We get, the, joy, the joy drains out of us with the complexity of life. Amen? So just enjoy your day. Enjoy the service this morning. Enjoy your afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your week. Amen. This isn't hard work. God, this is where we're, this is where his word builds us up. Amen. So this born again reaction becomes visible. And as believers, we work in our community and our culture the same way. A small start, a small beginning. And we go and we do what we need to do as agents of change. We become, we become the, 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 the leaven, the yeast. Amen? But it's the addition of that in our lives that we get from the word, from, from Jesus' life-changing transformation. That is the thing that changes our culture. If we stay the same as we always were, we'll never change our culture. We'll just be a part of it. Isn't that right? You know, at New Focus this week, something, uh, I'd heard something on a podcast and it really stood out to me because in, in decades and in centuries gone by, um, you know, uh, faith tried to coexist with culture. You know, we try to get along um, but, you know, there was always this, uh, you know, kind of separation, I think. But nowadays, faith almost synchronizes with culture. So is, the, is, is, is our culture being swallowed up by the culture of the world, or, is it, or are we having an Im- impact and an influence on the culture of the world with Christ's culture? Amen. So, yeast does its work slowly, silently, but it can't be denied. 
God's working in our lives. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it says that we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. We're being transformed into the same image. And that's a work that starts from the inside out, isn't it? And if, you know, it all starts in the heart. With those, those men that were with Jesus, it was just a few devoted hearts. Is your heart devoted this morning? It was just a few devoted hearts. Just simple men. But oh, it had already started. What Jesus placed in their lives was the thing. It was like the little snowball that began to roll down the hill. That's what began to happen. You know, some of us, and sometimes only one of us in some situations, we'll be the leaven in a home. It's just be one of you. You'll be the leaven in a school. You'll be, a, you'll be the leaven in a business. You'll be the leaven in a circle of friends. Sometimes it's not going to be all of us. It's just going to be you and me. You're going to be the leaven. Some, some of us will have the vital spark that begins the chemical chain reaction in somebody else. Our leaven will spread. Do, do, do you see where, what the message is about? It's what's, what is the, the most vital thing that you have in your life right now, you and I have, is the seed that was placed in us. There's only one seed that will grow. It's called the vital seed. It's only what is really needed for growth. It's what's really, really needed to change things. It's the vital seed that grows. And that's a Christian life principle. Christ is the seed. He himself is in that seed. You know, Jesus didn't, you know, Jesus. So there we go. You know, if, you know, I'm sure that, as you know, Jesus was invited all over the place. He went to all the parties. I think we said that recently. Jesus never secluded himself. He never stayed in the, in the house with the door shut and the blinds pulled down. He never isolated himself. He went where people were. He went to the parties, to the pubs, to, the, to the, the hangouts. He went to all those places. And if he hadn't done that, these, those places would have remained unleavened. Big heavy lumps of dough, nothing changing. You know, the kingdom of God is not far away. It, the, the kingdom of God's not aloof from us as people. It's not far away. Do you know that the kingdom of God is within reach? It's within reach. And some of you have, gra have grasped it. Some of us have grasped the kingdom of God. 
It's within reach. It's not a difficult destination to get to. It might be hard to get into. The entry might be difficult for some, but it's not difficult to reach. It's there. It's within reach. And if we don't mix with people, if we don't mix with our culture, how are they going to know the goodness of God? Matthew 5.13, you're the salt of the earth, but what good is the salt if it's lost its flavor? Amen. And sometimes the world offends us and annoys us. I'm not going back there. I'm not going back to, I mean, what, let's, I'm not going back to that gym. I'm not going back to that swimming pool. I'm not going back to that cafe. I'm not going back to Costa. I start, nearly started shaking. I'm not going back. But we've got to go and be with those places. Because left to itself, the world is dead. If you leave it to itself, it's dead. And some, some people would stand back and say, do you know what? It's, it's a goner. It's gone. It's too broken. It's too messed up. And some people have said that about their lives. My life is too far gone. It's too damaged. I'm damaged goods. It's too broken. And I don't see how anything can fix my life. It's beyond rescue. It's beyond salvation. I'm so broken that I don't think I can be whole again. Has anyone ever felt like that? So broken that you don't think you can be whole again. And so we think, what's the solution? Crush it, bin it, burn it, be done with it. It's, it's gone. No. Introduce the regenerative, regenerative life of Jesus Christ into your heart again. Put a little leaven, a wee bit leaven back into your life. Amen. You'll still be you, but you'll be a new you. You'll still be you, but you'll be a new creation. You know what I mean? You know, I've, I, I, I served my time as a mechanic. And the amount of times I've been around people that don't have a mechanic skill sets and they stand back and they look at this dirty old oily diesel engine and they say, eh, um, in South Africa we'd say, palili limpupu. Is done, it's gone, it's broken. And I, st I stood back and I look at it and I say, no. I go and with just a few turns of a spanner and a few tweaks here and there, it starts up again. What's, what looks like to some people, it's dead, dead, dead. Someone comes along and says, no, I've got the skills to fix that and it will only take me two minutes. And I'm not, I'm not saying that your life will be fixed in two minutes. But what I'm saying is that it will be fixed. Amen. All we've got to do is let Jesus into it. Amen. Your town will still be your town, but it'll have a new spirit. Your village will still be your village, but it'll have a different atmosphere. You see, God doesn't always need our new ideas. We all think we just need another new idea. I don't know if whether it's to impress ourselves or to impress God. But sometimes, oh, a new idea will fix everything. The, the pathways are already there. 
The roads are there. The network is there. Everything is there. They just need new traffic. Everything's already there for us to go down. Amen? We've just had our local elections. Some folk might be happy. Some folk might be unhappy. The answer is not to tear down the council, but to fill the council with the right people. People of a different spirit. Oh, it's, it's broken. Our leaders are this, that. And the answer is not to tear the government down. It's to introduce people with a different spirit. It's to introduce you, young men and women, and middle-aged and old people. It's the same for any organization. All we've got to do is introduce a different spirit, a new spirit. Amen? And that's what, as I close this message, that's what, that's what Jesus does. That's what his word does. It's like yeast that begins to stir up fresh activity in us. Amen? The, the reason it's there is to benefit the world, to spread it's to spread throughout the world. Don't ever feel guilty because it's not spreading fast enough. You don't know what's, what God is doing. That, 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 um, when Kelly was prayed for at cafe yesterday and her son, that's starting to turn things around, eh? That's already started. You don't know what God is doing. Amen? So it's, this leaven is to benefit our world. It's to be involved. If, if you hate politics, it's to be in politics. If you, if you hate science, it's to be in science. It's to bring the full influence of God's kingdom into this world. And do you know what? Instead of being putrefied by the wrong kind of leaven, we are going to be purified by the right kind of leaven. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.